Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week and watch an episode of the classic 1992 anime, Sailor Moon, and talk about just why it is that we love it so much. You may have noticed that I screwed up the introduction in a very Jordan-esque move. (laughs) No one's ever heard me mess up the introduction. That's right. You always edit it out. You and and I will say, since all you have to do is say your own name, that's really really bugging me. But no, we are we are paddling our way through some Skype difficulties. But we have a great episode for today's show. Uh, I did not know this was going to be an annual tradition, but we have a vacation episode coming up, and there are no Draculas, no Wolfman's, no Psychic Girls, and Yay. no Father who looks like Rasputin. But we do have the beach, the island, and a vacation, the Guardian's Break. It's Sailor Moon R, episode 67. Jordan, are you excited? I am. You you feeling good about it? You feeling good about heading back to the beach, doing some (laughs) summer reading? Who doesn't love reading, uh, studying math on the beach? Uh, I know one person who does love it, (laughs) who absolutely loves it. Who's that? Our guest? That? uh, (laughs) Sure. Why not? I was going to say it's Akimizuno, but yes. I have not introduced our guest yet. So joining us for the show today, we're very excited. Uh, We have a very special guest. Uh, Lisa Patillo is here. Lisa, welcome to the show. I'm sorry you've had to deal with us for like the past half hour trying to get this right. No worries at all. I'm just glad that that I'm here. It's pretty exciting and we're all working, I think. Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, Lisa, can you take us through your history with Sailor Moon? I know that you are one of the people who got in touch with us when we put out the call for guests. And I got to say... Uh, I have some very exciting news for everybody. Oh. I have booked guests up through the end of Sailor Moon R. Wow. So we have our next, gosh, like 10 episodes or 10 guests, 20 episodes, all completely booked. Uh, We've got some old friends coming back to talk about the Spectre Sisters. We've got some new friends coming back. Uh, It's going to be very cool. But Lisa, you were the first one to sign up, so you get this week's episode. All uh, right. But please, uh, tell us about your history with Sailor Moon. My history with Sailor Moon sounds very similar to many other guests you've had before. Um, I'm Canadian, so I first started watching Sailor Moon when it aired in 1995, uh, when I was nine years old. So I was the, I guess, perfect age. So, you know, every day I would wake up early at 7.30 in the morning to watch a rerun. Every day after school, I would run home for 4.30 to watch the new episode. Uh, and I had friends that were really into it. So... Uh, I've been into any sort of animation or anime since I was very little. Sailor Moon, along with Pokemon, was like the big one. But Sailor Moon was big because, you know, everyone was into it. We had our little Sailor Moon fan clubs. I was in the official, I don't know if it was Canadian or North American, Sailor Moon fan club. But those of you out here who were as well, you got the plastic card and you got a little certificate to pin on your wall. Yeah, So that's me. Yeah, Jordan, I was one did you, of, were I was you one in the you. fan club, Jordan? Oh, yeah, Have yeah. we not talked about this? I was absolutely in the fan club. It came with I a. I feel like we haven't talked about this. I had a little card. We haven't. That's how could we not talk about that? Like it's so important to, to be part of the club. 
it, I mean, again, I don't know if it was if, if if it was a a U.S. versus Canadian one or if it was just a giant North American one. I also got it was like a little bag, like a little plastic. I want to say plastic bag, but I mean like a plastic like satchel, you know. A Sailor Moon fan club eraser, definitely. A pad of Sailor Moon paper and like a you know a crappy tiny one. Was your certificate like round? I don't remember the certificate to be honest with you. It had a really badly drawn picture of Sailor Moon that was obviously not any sort of official artwork. Yes, I mean that I definitely remember. I'm trying to see, think if I have the uh, the the notebook. Oh, there was a thing of post-it notes, star-shaped post-it notes with Sailor Moon fan club on it. Uh, and again, that same picture of her that was just not right. It just clearly was not drawn by a Japanese person <laughs> or in the style of the Japanese uh, uh, show at all. It was just kind of like vaguely Sailor Moonish. Yeah, whenever I dig it out from my random old box of kid stuff, I always wonder if I'd signed up for some sort of bootleg people making a buck off of Sailor Moon <laughs> at the time. All right, I gotta say, I had someone send me the official Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, fan club kit from 1993 a couple years ago, which was amazing. It included uh, shoelaces, uh, a VHS tape, uh, certificates signed by the Power Rangers, and then Xeroxed and sent to you. Uh, and also a card that you could put in your pocket with some handy ways to say no to drugs. Wow. Uh, oh my so God. if anybody has this Sailor Moon fan club kit, I'm not saying you need to send it to me, but at least send some pictures Guys, into Sailor Business Podcast at Gmail. I just searched for a picture. I'm posting it in the chat right now. It has a picture of everything that came with it. And I forgot the most important thing, a Sailor Moon dress-up color form. Oh yeah, I remember that. You can like stick the clothes on her. Yep. Take a I, take a look. I like this uh I like this piece of paper that says welcome to the moon. Where does it say that? That's not, it was Oh yeah, the, the little letter. the letter. Oh yeah, so there's a ruler. There's a little uh, it's a card, but it's really like it's both like a card and like a like a, a luggage tag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a I guess depending on the size of your neck. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh a ruler, uh, an eraser, a pen, the certificate, uh stickers that I vaguely remember them saying that they 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 were earrings. Yeah, they were earrings. You're supposed to put them on your ears. I can verify they lasted about two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then there there it was a bag that all this came in uh, that had the logo on it as well. That had like that very small, or very strong like like beach ball plastic smell. You know. Yeah. And it, it crinkles and kind of melts. That's what happened to mine when I pulled out of the storage. <laughs> Wow, good times. So, uh, Lisa, you are you are now working in manga. Yes, I am. It's my full-time job. I work for Seven Seas Entertainment, uh, helping put manga on the shelves in English. So that's really great. I love my job. And uh, Sailor Moon is definitely a huge part of what got me to, to where I am today. And I believe you have, a, you have a connection to a previous guest, one of our all-time favorite guests. I do. That would be Leanne Centaur who I also work with uh, at her publishing house, Chromatic Press or Sparkler Monthly. So awesome. did did Sailor Moon bring you to get, did you, okay, first of all, did you have her novels? I did. I do. <laughs> I still have them. <laughs> oh, you do? Good. That's that's both of us, all three of us, actually, because I got them for Jordan for Christmas last year. Well, you got me one. I got you one. I only have the one. In fact, it's the one she didn't work on. Oh, that's right. I got you the first one so that we, between us, we would have, we have a complete set. Culture. Exactly. Yeah. So what, like, did that come up over the course of, of your working together? Not really while we were working together. Uh, I knew Leanne, or at least of her, um, online through uh, different like blogging circles and just writing about manga online, which I've been doing for years. 
where I'd read her bio that, you know, the story that she got hired at the age she did by Tokyo Bob Trite Sailor Moon novels, which is pretty amazing. And then when I actually started to follow her work when she was starting up the company and I reached out, started doing work for them, I didn't really click it was the same person. And then probably a couple weeks in, I was like, oh, oh, this is the same Leanne that I've been following her writing. I'm now following her publishing. And it was weird. I do that a lot. So now it's all out there. Now I know it's the same person. But no, when I first started working with her, I, I didn't, it didn't click in my head that was the same person. Hmm. Who was, so we have, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, who was your favorite scout? Yeah, we haven't, we haven't gotten to the, the important information about your feelings on the scouts. Well, my favorite sailors, uh, Senshi now, are definitely Sailor Moon and Sailor Chibi Moon. Um, with with tuxedo mask on the side as a beautiful family unit. Wow, wow! That's where I wish we could keep him oh. Just on the side, Boom. out of the show. Boom. No, I I love him. When I say on the side, I just mean he's not there as my favorite, but I consider them a set. Yeah. See, this is this is great. Like, I'm glad we're finally getting to this because the Sailor Moon are. And now that Jordan has completely changed his opinion on Chibiusa. Okay. Not completely. Just... Now that Jordan loves her. No. And she is his favorite character, not only in Sailor Moon, but in all of fiction. Okay, now you've gone well, too wait, far. Well, wait until this episode. I mean, this is going to just push you over the edge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can I, I tell you guys to feed a secret? Jordan Fish one time, and he just <laughs> threw it on the ground. Can I tell you something important about this episode? Uh-huh. I've never seen this episode before. You... I missed it. I skipped well, it by it, accident. Well, it never had a Deke episode. Right. Like, never put it up, so. It never got dubbed. And so when I did my rewatch, and it's, I, I believe it's the last episode that never got dubbed. So uh, when I did my, my rewatch, by the point where I got to it, I, I thought there were no more episodes that didn't get translated. So I, I totally skipped it by accident. So this was an all-new episode of Sailor Moon for me. What a treat. Wow. Okay. Man, you 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 didn't notice the huge gaping plot hole when you skipped it. There's there's so much, so many revelations in this. This advances the plot so. Yeah, like I don't know how you got to the next episode without all this emotional weight to kind of carry it forward. When they started the previously on Sailor Moon uh, segment, I was like, "What? When did that happen?" But no, somehow I just uh, I just waltzed on by it without ever knowing. So, Lisa, why why? I, I think we probably all know what is appealing about Sailor Moon at this point. She's Jordan's favorite. You know, she's she's the star of the show. We've talked about her more than anyone else. But what is it about uh, about Chibi and about Memoru that make them your faves? Uh, well, I love the, the family dynamic. And when I speak of the three of them, um, I'm also someone who, you know, I've read the manga. I probably reread it every four months. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot of my feelings come like I've been deep into Sailor Moon since I started watching when I was nine years old. Um, I revisit it all the time. So, but a lot of my feelings for them do come from the manga. I love the anime, but there are definitely some differences. But I really love Chibiusa because, I don't know, to me she seemed like the perfect character to bring in because she's kind of this contrast to Usagi, where Usagi is like this young girl who's being forced to grow up, and Chibiusa is this young girl who can't grow up and really wants to. Um, so there's always this really good, I don't know, contrast and mash between them. And also the fact that they were, you know, that their mother and daughter when I was younger was like, whoa, that's amazing. Um, but to me, it always came off like a really good sibling dynamic yeah. in the, uh, the current time. Um, so I like both of those angles. I also really like the idea that Sailor Moon could grow up and be this really, you know, responsible person that unfortunately in the anime, you don't really get to see much of her having a personality when she's a mom. <laughs> she's just omnipotent figure. Spoiler alert. But no, I, I, I just love the whole dynamic. I think it works really well. 
And then, of course, you get to uh, relearn things. Like, you know, there's the way you see Chibiusa or Rini when you watch the deep dub when you're, what, I would have been 10, 11 when she first came on TV. And then years later, when you're like, here's the manga, here's a gun to her mother's head. You know, here's <laughs> the fact that she's 900, but only in the manga version no, of the TV show. No, no, no. <laughs> that, that fact has been officially... She is not nine hundred. She's not nine hundred in the anime. I think that seems to be pretty fair to say because it's like a one-panel thing they say in the manga, and that's it. I don't. I don't you, know you how you feeling. can like it ever. Like, how how does that make sense in any world? I feel like that if if it's something that only comes up in one panel, I feel like that's like in those early issues of X Men, like in X Men number three or whatever, where Professor X is like, "How can I tell them that I'm in love with Jean?" And it's like, what? And no <laughs> yeah, one ever I, mentioned I, that I, one. I again. really feel like it was just like they were trying to put so much emphasis in this scene about how hard it's been for her not being able to grow up because that's what she wants more than anything is to grow up and be strong like her mom. So can um, we just say so, it was a like, metaphor? We, yeah, like, yeah, I wish. She's like but, but 900, guys. It doesn't make guys. much sense. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, it's like the scene is so intense. It's like she's been young for 900 years. That's what it feels like right, to her. Right, there you go. Like that's kind of what it, I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to take it literally, but that's how I read it. It's so horrible for her that she's been trapped as a child for longer than normal. It felt like 900 years. That's, that's how I'm going to take it. Why is she even trapped as a child? Well... I mean, I guess I was going to say, don't we, tell. We all feel trapped that, as well, children. That's, all, that's plot. I can't spoil her emotional arc for you. But apparently we're not going to ever get there. <laughs> all right. All right. That's oh, fine. No, I'm reading the manga along with where we are. So I will eventually, I will eventually have to confront that fact. Oh, did you get back to that? I, I didn't know you went back to it. I've been, I've been reading. But, you know, obviously we are into, we are into deep filler episode territory. <laughs> uh, especially this week. Yeah, this is the fillerest episode of them all. Yep. This do you think this episode is more fillery or less fillery than the last vacation episode? More. Like What was sure. the last vacation episode? The last was with the psychic little girl. Now, okay, it's funny you say that cuz I was th- there have actually been vacation episodes since then, haven't there? The uh the lake episode. Have there? Well, no, the lake episode had like a monster in it. Like this is another episode that has nothing to do with the Black Moon clan, nothing okay, to do with the ongoing right. well, arc. It's sense, just sure. their summer break. I mean, yeah, they, even the lake one kind of advanced the emotional plot a little bit, like sure. with Usagi, and, but this one, uh, no. <laughs> right. I mean, I just meant they were on vacation. <laughs> but okay. This one is, yes, this one is a vacation from the plot. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, this one has the same kind of title as the, as the last one, too. You're right. Is it going to be every year? I don't know. Like, you tell me. I, I don't remember. Seen it's been too S long. and Supers. It's been too long. All right. Well, um, Okay. I'm I'm really happy that someone is on my side uh, about Tuxedo Mask, although I don't think he's in this episode. He, he is not. So that's a bummer. But Which is too bad, because this episode really could have used an adult. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. Anything else we should cover? Anything else we should cover? I don't think so. We do have some, some mail to get through, oh. but I think we can do that in our next week's episode when we do Twitter questions and emails. All right. Then let's, then let's jump right onto this episode, this crazy bananas episode. Jordan, can I can I have a moment to get everybody up to speed? Do you think you need it for this episode? <laughs> I really do. I think I need to let everyone know what's up. Okay. All right. Just a moment, though. Okay, I just can, need, re- like, you can really sum it up for this one. <laughs> I just need like five seconds. Four. Okay. Four seconds? Yes. I can do it in four. I can do it in four seconds. If you just give me four seconds, I can do it. Yes. Go. Okay. 
Plesiosaurus first appeared in the late Triassic period, possibly in the Ratian stage, about 205 million years ago. They became especially common during the Jurassic period, thriving until their disappearance due to the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event at the end of the Cretaceous period, about 66 million years ago. They had a worldwide oceanic distribution. What, what, what's Plesiosaurus their blood type? Were among the first fossil reptiles discovered in the beginning of the huh? What's their blood type? What's their birthstone? <laughs> their blood type? Yes. Uh, I, I think it's O and Pearl, respectively. <laughs> okay, all right. Thank you. Important information. Prioritize. Right, right. Now, that information might sound like it was just coming out of nowhere, but trust me, it will be relevant shortly. So are, are we just going to dive in now, or are we just going to talk about it? Yeah, th- uh, so there's no, there's no Deke episode, so there's no translation. I assume they would have called it. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> what there's, what there's, would, you, would you have titled it? <laughs> something really dumb like i thought i saw a dinosaur <laughs> does it work without the accent no it doesn't work as well you have to do a little voice lisa do you have a do you have a perspective title for this episode hmm something like a volcanic vacation or a vacation eruption i don't know vacation eruption. vacation eruption sounds that's, i don't think that would have made it past them <laughs> <laughs> i hope not and actually no i hope it would uh, they, I don't think they could resist some sort of terrible dinosaur joke or, like, Nessie. Yeah, I think it would have been called Loch Ness Mess. But they're not even remotely at Loch Ness. <laughs> yeah, but they could that's have been. A spo- could that's have. a spoiler for the end of the episode. What? I've decided that's where they go at the end. They're like, where are they going? Oh. <laughs> they're going to go find Dad. You know where he is. Wait, but is Loch Ness even connected to the ocean? No, it's a lake. It's a loch. Well, yeah, I know, but some lakes have, like, a river from... To the ocean or something. I don't know. They're gonna find out when they get there. <laughs> They're gonna have to walk. They're gonna across. go. Okay. Look, we're already debating the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, we, we covered all the main points, right? I think so. They heard the word volcano. <laughs> they heard the word dinosaur. Like they're good. If I you feel look- like everyone listening to this is like. How many hours grappling with Skype that they are this exhausted right now? We're pretty loopy. So let's talk about how the episode starts. It starts with uh, the Sailor Scouts going to the, tr- the, the shrine to have a sailor business meeting. Uh, and they are super tired and they're super hot. It's because it's like the middle of summer and it's really uh, miserable out. And then they're hiding under the, the shade of a tree. And they're like, where's Ray? Where's Ray? And they spot Chibiusa. And Chibiusa lets them know that Ray is gone. Yeah, you know who else is gone? You know who else isn't in this scene? Grandpa and Chad. Well, yes, but Mercury. Oh, yeah. Not there. Where is Mercury? She's at cram school. I mean, I'll tell you exactly where yeah, she is. She's off studying math somewhere. Yes. Cram school. So Chibiusa lets them know, no, Ray is at a, doing spiritual training at a remote island. And the girls go, what? She's on vacation? And it's like, well, no. Technically, she said she was doing spiritual training. But they all imagine her on a it, basically they imagined her at like a sandal spa <laughs> like relaxing on the beach uh with a drink and fresh fruit and uh showing off her her new swimsuit and are, they are they are they are all betrayed oh and also she has so much hair so much hair in that suit i i wrote down look at all that hair jesus because it is, <laughs> it is so much hair in the fantasy scene yeah, what gets and, me about this? Yep. Chibiusa tells them that Ray is on a remote island. It's a spoiler warning for the next five minutes. The next time we see them, they're showing up. Yes. They're there on the island. <laughs> so 
how did they like there's a lot of islands and if it's remote it's presumably a, a long ways away from tokyo well so how did they know did they go anyone who brought them either oh no yeah, I, I have no idea how they got there oh i know exactly how they got there and we'll talk about it in a moment okay um but as for how they found her i mean my guess would be like i said uh, Grandpa's not on the island with her, so he must know. I mean, she can't just disappear to an island. I just kind of assumed that Grandpa and and Chad went off on their own vacation <laughs> on other islands. Well, like, would Grandpa send a group of five 14-year-old girls in swimsuits and not go with them? That's true. You're That's right about that. Point. I mean, maybe legally he can't. Oh, then they had Amy use her Sailor Moon computer, Sailor Mercury computer, to trace uh, Ray's credit card. <laughs> That actually makes the most sense of anything. <laughs> oh, because yes. It clearly seems like the shrine is not just like, you know, it's not just that Ray's gone. Like nobody's like Chibius is just sitting on the steps alone with the Luna P. Nobody's there. So how do they know where she is? But eventually, yes, they do go to the island. But first we cut to the island and we see Ray apparently cleansing the ocean itself. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. They're spirits yeah, of water, is, I guess, right? She is standing in her uh, Miko uniform as the surf rolls in, and she is uh, casting an Ofuda into the sea, which is pretty badass, I have to admit. like Or would have been if it would have worked. Right, and there's no guarantee it would. I don't know why you're giving her that much credit. <laughs> I assume I mean, she's just practicing as in there's no target. She's just going to throw it into the water. I don't know. I think I think there's some I think there's some some nature control going on there. She's a, a fire person, not a water person. In fact, that's probably it. She's going to be like shooting columns of fire. So she's like, I'll shoot it into the water. Possible. Uh, possible. So then it doesn't work, though, because as she jumps 20 feet in the air to drop this uh, Ofuda into the ocean, the, the girls show up, the scouts show up and distract her. And she face plants right into the beach. Yep. Now, let's talk about this place she's staying. Uh, when they said very, a rem- very nice private place. Yeah. When they say a remote island, they mean an island, uh, I don't know, like an acre of island? Like, that's literally it? Maybe maybe two acres or something, right? Like, And it's got a really nice house built on it. I mean, it's a pretty small house, but it's a really nice house considering it's the only structure on this island. <laughs> it's a little bit bigger than that, but it's also shaped completely differently in the establishing shot as it is when we see the girls running on the beach. Like the island is clearly a different island, which is weird because it's not like they had to go to an island and then, oh, we didn't get an aerial shot of it. We need to pull up stock footage. It's all animated. They made it up. <laughs> they made up this island. Oh, that's true. But it is clearly different from the way it looks in the in the aerial shot. Like the dock is placed in a different part. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't paying attention. The left hand you know, was like not... A lot of this episode feels like it might have been a vacation for the people who make this show as well. Yeah, like I just watched that first shot again and the transition between being at Ray's temple and then suddenly appearing in the exact same clothes on the beach yes. right where Ray is, is yeah. hilarious. Which <laughs> means it's that day. Oh, yeah. It's, it's maybe like noon. Like they arrived at the shrine at maybe nine and then they, you know... Went and gathered up their talking cats and their friend who loves math and just showed up a couple hours later. And so so Ray is uh, giving them guff because she's like, I didn't come here for vacation. I came here to do serious spiritual training. Like, come on. Meanwhile, the cats 
are digging through her bags like assholes. Yeah, they're digging yeah. through Ray's luggage for some reason. Like, what reason do they have to do that? And they literally. The thing that I wrote in my notes was these cats should not be going through a young lady's things. <laughs> I wrote. I wrote the cats are snoops. Yeah, I mean, and they pull out. They pull out the skimpiest piece of clothing they can find first. Yeah, well, her ba- it's her bathing suit to show that yeah. look, you were gonna you were gonna chill out. Um, and again, I, in in defense of the show, cats are snoops. If you leave a bag on the ground, they will probably go through it. They just won't be as intelligent about it as these cats are. <laughs> oh, well, you know what they were doing? No. They were ensuring that she was keeping her mind on sailor business. There you go. Or, now, one of the things that happens in this scene is that Usagi says, oh, hey, we didn't come to interrupt your training. Like, we're not just showing up to bother you. Right. Uh, Chibiusa really missed you, and she wanted to, to play with you and hang out with you. And uh, Ray turns around and goes, that's fine. It is totally fine for this unattended child to show up on my island. <laughs> but what are the rest of you doing here? Which... A, <laughs> A implies that she would have been fine if a five-year-old managed to get there by herself, presumably on the yacht that the rest of them arrive in. B, it means that Ray would rather hang out with Chibiusa than her four best friends slash only friends. Well, two big problems with this scene also. One, Ray never asks how they get there, like we are. And two, she doesn't even question that what Usagi said was true. She's like, oh, like, well, Chibiusa wanted to come. That's fine. I feel like in any other episode, Ray would have been like, you're full of shit. You just wanted to come to the beach. So yeah. strike and against Ray here, personality. But also, when they show up, she is like in her full, you know, Miko uniform doing her magic. Like she is actually spiritually training. Like it is not out of the question to, you know, do eight hours of spiritual training and then maybe go for a swim. And that's what she says she's doing. And I think I think she's telling the truth. I, I, I it is it is a little much to to expect that she would come here and literally spend 24 hours a day just curing the ocean of its ills, apparently. <laughs> and it's um, also not weird. She didn't tell them where she was going because she knew this would happen. Right. They've totally ruined her uh, her vacation. And, well, again, it's not a vacation. They totally ruined her her uh, her training. At this point, all the girls change into their uh, bathing suits so that they can all swim. And Usagi swims like a total wiener. <laughs> yeah, I love she it. She's like a little do- like doggy paddle. Yep. Like the closest limbs to her torso doggy paddle I've ever seen. Wait, also, like, hang on a second. I think she changes swimsuits in the course of like two seconds. What, while she's swimming? Yes. Because we see her in a two-piece, like, blue Yeah, she's number. wearing a, a bikini when they're running to the beach, and then later we see her in a, a one-piece. Yeah, she pops up which, next, to, next to Chibi, like, two seconds later, wearing a totally different outfit. Which means... No, see, this kind of bugged me. Because I want to talk about the swimsuits. We always talk about the fashion on the, on the show. And I gotta say, like, I really like the kind of subtle variations in the swimsuits, because the swimsuits do kind of feel like they are the swimsuits that these characters would wear. Like, Makoto's is really sporty, Like, and uh, Ray's has that, like, fire motif on it, so it, it fits with her. But I do wish the we don't get to see Usagi's... Like, Usagi finally got a new swimsuit. I think there's another episode where she gets a new swimsuit so she doesn't just have the one with all the holes in it that right. she's patched up with bows. But uh, I do kind of like the continuity of having that be Usagi's swimsuit, and we don't get to see it in this episode. Instead, we get two 
very generic uh, new ones for her. I'm trying to see if they could actually I, be I the think, same one. It's I think it is. Um, there's like a couple scenes where you can tell whoever colored it just accidentally colored what should be flesh, like purple. But I'm pretty sure they intend it to be the same outfit the whole way through. It's very purple weird. with a little flower on it. So like with the, you know, vacation ones, you get a lot of just like goofy scenes. I mean, you get again, you get them swimming and then Chibiusa, because she doesn't know how to swim, is in a inner tube and Usagi takes the opportunity to splash her with a lot of water and then Ray chastises her for that and then they and then Ray and Chibiusa splash her uh, Usagi with their Niagara Falls attack yeah now don't forget also Jordan that uh Ray tells everyone to be very careful because she's seen sharks here oh right yeah as they're running to the beach they get in the water and Ray's like, watch out. I've seen some sharks here recently. It's very and like, oh, elegant and subtle foreshadowing. <gasps> oh, what else happens? Oh, they catch fish. They play volleyball. We yep. get a lot of, we get a lot really of weird... static shots that the camera pans over because everyone like, wanted to leave early with, that day. The yep. one with Ray and Minako that's like in a different art style where they're lazing against the palm tree. Yep. That looked really weird. Chibi and Ray build a, a sandcastle. Uh, and basically, I mean, what seems to have happened is Usagi, like, tricked Ray into being friends with Chibi Yusa, right? Like, by, like, saying, she really wanted to come and hang out with you. And now Ray is like, this kid really wanted to hang out with me. I'm going to make a real effort here and spend time with her. I mean, and all the other scouts comment, too. They're just like, wow, they're so close, those two. I'm like, I guess, right and, now. And then Usagi says... The reason they get along is because both of them are so mean. That's fair to her. <laughs> that is fair. They're both like, so then, they're, they, they, well, they probably spend some quality time like bonding over it. Like, what's your favorite insult for Usagi? Well, I like to call her lazy. Oh, really? I focus on that she's ugly. Oh, okay. Well, can we talk about these? <laughs> can we talk about the sandcastles for a second? Yes, sure. Of course. Okay. The so, really intricate, elaborate, beautiful sandcastles. Yeah. Ray makes a sandcastle that is literally a sand cathedral. <laughs> With crosses and everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it has sand. ornamental crosses on it and like crenellations and windows and a rose. Like, it's got a rose window. Oh, it's shaped like a rose. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. The, the yeah. cross is the baffling part to me because how does that, how does that stand up? <laughs> how do the, the so, arms of the cross work? In sand, I don't so then, believe it. Then Ray and Chibiusa make a sandcastle, and their sandcastle is just a mound of dirt that someone has punched a hole through. That's how I do it. <laughs> Maybe that's indicative that in real life they made a shitty sandcastle both times, and it was just imaginary. Like when Ray was I, saying she was a good she was a good cook, and it was like, no, that's a bunch of bullshit. I don't understand why. That would have to be imaginary, but okay. No, no, just, not the shitty one. The 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 nice one. No, I well, I well, don't like, understand that either. Jordan. Like, like only Ray was seeing the really nice castle. Right, they were right. All seeing this giant lump with a hole in it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. One one thing I think you can say about this uh, this particular episode is that it it I don't think it falls into magical realism at any point. What? Well, I guess there's not a lot of realism. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> but wait, before we move on, the, the castle that Chibiusa stares through a literal plot hole to see, <laughs> foreshadowing in the distance. She sees a little dino head. Yeah, so she sees a little dinosaur head, a little plesiosaur head. Now you know what I was getting at with that whole extended gag. Uh, she sees a little plesiosaur head, and then, uh, but it vanishes when she looks away. 
And this, for some reason, turns uh, Chibiusa into a huge jerk. No, she's always a huge jerk. I don't know what you're... Why do you think... How can you say that about your new favorite character? No, she's a character I love to hate, is what she is. About the the character you love. I heard they did this... Did the call break up? You said the character I love. To hate. I don't... I think you're spending a lot of time justifying this, when what we all know is that you love this character. No. And that's fine. That's fine. No. Look, it's time for dinner. All right, well, I'll see you later then. (laughs) No! On the show, it's time for dinner. Or lunch. right, right, okay. Uh, and guess what? Sailor Jupiter, the wonderful cook, has prepared food for everybody. Yes, uh, she has uh, skewered up some fish, and they are all going to have some classic grilled clams and and skewered fish. But uh, Chibiusa, no, not eel, not uh, into squid. it. Squid. Yeah, that's squid. You, Jordan, can we talk about how you can never remember what a squid is? Because I was listening <laughs> to a previous episode, <laughs> and you had a real hard time remembering what, and I quote, "the one with tentacles." Is. <laughs> I got it this time. <laughs> you did. You did. You started with eel, and you eventually found your way there. <laughs> yes. Well, they're eating all this great seafood, this great uh, fresh grilled seafood. And uh, they go, what, what, how come you're not eating, Chibi Yusa? And she goes, because I don't like fish. And Ray goes, it's not good to be a picky eater. And then Chibi Yusa goes, well, then, fuck you. And she throws. <laughs> she, has, she has the best line, at least in the, like, I watched the Viz dub today, and I made note of her line. Let's hear it. I loved it. She's like, what I don't like, I don't do. And she threw the fish on the ground. Nice. <laughs> and it reminded me so it much of the Wolverine line the moment she said it. Yeah. It was, like, right up there with, I go where I want to go. She should say bub. <laughs> yeah. And I, but, like, I really throw the next comic. Wait, what, throwing what? the fish on the ground. That was so mean. Yeah, it is mean because that ruins the food. It, you, she could have just given it back and said, no, thank you. But she throws it on the ground and says, you can go fuck yourself and your fish. I'm not eating it. And she leaves. Yeah, and then this five-year-old just wanders off into the ocean like she owns the place. <laughs> well, someone there must because that would explain why there's nobody else around. Like, I don't understand why there's no sign of anybody but them on this island. It, well, because it, yeah. it's, it's, there's only one house on it. There's one building on this island. There's no room for anyone else. This is a private island. Island. It is a private island, yeah. Who's, I, I don't know whose island it is. Krampus got some money spoiled away. Yeah, like, it seems like it would be really expensive to go stay on this island because it, you are so alone. Although I guess that would also be somewhat inconvenient. I think, I don't remember this happened yet, but we find out that Chad's rich. Like, he comes from a rich family, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but I don't think we've discovered that yet. I don't think we've gotten there yet. Okay, well, But this spoiler. could be Chad's <laughs> island, yeah. The island of so, Chad. <laughs> so, yeah, Chibiusa so, ran away and just Chibiusa said, wanders off into the ocean. I'm just yeah, going like, to go swim on my own. All these, all these other kids just let her go off into the ocean. Well, they let her run off into, like, the city all the time. That's true. She does run off into the city. This is, this is not as bad. They can visibly see her most of the time. When they're or looking. so they think. Yeah, when they're paying attention. Except for the fact that Ray warned them about sharks. <laughs> didn't, didn't stop them before. <laughs> You're right. And well, to when me, there is a when someone has said, "Hey, by the way, I've definitely seen a ton of sharks around here today." That's when you stop people from going out into the ocean alone. That's like man, bare so, mins. What you have. Someone to do. could say, "I saw a jellyfish. I won't go in the water." So if someone <laughs> says they saw a shark, I'd be like, "Okay, well, I guess we're gonna build sandcastles all day." 
Well, I mean, Chibi's a, a child and children are fools, but they are, they should be the ones who are responsible and say, no, no, we're going to go after her. I mean, so, because then, yeah, Ray and, and uh, Usagi are looking out going like, oh, the man, look, at she's pissed off. Oh, well, maybe I was mean to her. And then the cats run up very hot and tired uh, and go, so where's Chibi? And they're like, she's on the water. They're like, no, she's not. <laughs> and she's not. They, they've completely lost her. And they're and the first thing they say is I can't remember if it's rare or not. They're like the tide must have taken her away. She's gone. <laughs> that was Jupiter. The <laughs> tide must have pulled her all the way out there. <laughs> well, there's nothing we can do. Let's go home. Solve that plot hole. Done. And guess what? So she's out there and she's being circled by sharks. Yes, sharks that cause her to just like sharks that just cause her to fall into the ocean and do not actually do anything to her at all. She also sinks like a rock. Yeah, yes. she just kind of floats down <laughs> in one very stable, yet arm-flailing movement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just straight down in this crystal clear water. But she is rescued by a tiny baby dinosaur. That is true. A tiny little plesiosaurus. Like, it, it like, what's the opposite of mounting? Like, what do you call it when a horse gets underneath you? <laughs> I mean, I guess it just, like, carries her up well, to the surface. Yeah. Generally, yeah. horses aren't in the ocean, so I don't think someone has a word for that. Seahorse. Uh, what about seahorses? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, sorry. Which, as we all know, are, like, full-size horses that Aquaman can ride. Yeah. And not tiny, tiny little animals. Well, then the, the dinosaur lifted her up out of the water. Sure, sure. And, yeah, she's being saved. It's amazing. Now, here's where we find out what I wrote down, which is... They rented a boat. A bunch of 14-year-old girls rented a boat. And this is a serious boat. That is is, not a cheap boat. Yeah. uh, Stole credit cards to get this boat boat. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, this is a nice boat. Which, this is a nice boat that is, is, you're right, expensive. But also, there's no possible way you would rent this to a teenager. Okay, can we talk about what I don't. What I don't like, I don't do is a great line. But can we talk about the best line of this episode? We can try. Is this is this Mako's? Yes, this is Mako's line. At one point, Isagi says, uh, Makoto, I didn't know you could drive a boat. And Makoto, and, and I think this might just be in the dub, uh, Makoto goes, eh, I can do anything. Totally casually. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. <sighs> that is pretty great. Chris, you know what? She can. She is effortlessly driving this boat. Oh, yeah. She's not struggling with it at all. And she's, and by the way, let me also point out, she's not just driving this boat on the ocean like, okay, that sounds easy. Let's go in a relatively straight line. She's, she's driving this boat through like giant rocks and inexperienced. In this archipelago. Yeah. Like there are huge rocks sticking out of the ocean. She could easily be smashing this boat to pieces if she was a crappy boat driver. She's just. Just weave in between them. No problem. And frankly, if they thought that Chibiusa had been sucked out to those rocks, she'd, she wouldn't be there anymore. Like, she'd be dead. Probably. That is not a place where a kid in a tiny little inner tube is going to live long enough to be found by a yacht. <laughs> They're looking for a body. They just want the body. <laughs> wow. This, this one got <laughs> dark. Chris, also, you lied to me. You said there were no psychic girls in this episode. Doesn't count if it's the same one. Yeah. Ray's in every episode for the past 60 episodes. Yeah, but they use her as a psychic sonar. (laughs) 
Can you sense Jabusa? <laughs> they just are driving a boat around with Ray like holding her hands together in a particularly psychic hand gesture, I guess. And like a closing... particularly <laughs> psychic hand gesture. <laughs> and closing well, her eyes. This is like, <laughs> so if you look at like her, you know parents she's doing groups... something. This is like when parents groups get mad at TV shows and they're like, I saw, I saw one of these characters doing a particularly satanic hand gesture. <laughs> like, that's what you have become, Jordan. I hope you're happy. Also, why is that the thing you keep getting hung up on? The, the hand gestures? or <laughs> No, like, the, the psychics. It's a superhero show. Because I always, I'll never forgive psychics. <laughs> Well, this is a this episode is a very good example that nothing should phase these girls anymore because obviously it doesn't. There are certain reactions that should happen in this episode that never do, and we'll get to that further on. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so so they are looking for Chibiusa, and Ray is blaming herself. Why? Because she didn't have any food besides fish. I think Ray blamed herself because she scolded Chibiusa, oh, and then right, Mako. Right, right. Blamed right. herself because she didn't have anything other than fish. So, yeah, you're right. So, so that's ridiculous on both of their counts. She's a child. She should just shut up and take it. And they're also all really muted. Like, there's not a whole lot of personality in this episode in general. But this scene, I'm like, this frantic driving your yacht to find a child. And you're just like, well, I wish I didn't scold her. Well, I wish I served her something other than fish. And the other just kind of like leaning over the edge. <laughs> I mean, and also... I seem super concerned. I'm assuming she didn't bring these fish. I, I, I'm guessing she caught them, right? Like, well, they showed them fishing, didn't they? Right. So, so yeah. was she like, yeah, I should have like killed a wild boar. <laughs> I want to know if they had to get those watermelons they were drinking at the beginning, where they each had their own giant watermelon in that first scene when they got to the beach. Oh, I thought those were like coconuts. They look too big to be coconuts. They're green, weren't they? True, they just yeah. like jab straws in them, and I was like, okay, so I guess her cabin is fully stocked with a lot of watermelon. Turns out, within within visual uh, uh, distance of this island is another island that has a giant volcano on it. This is a right. super fucked up island geographically because it's basically like a like a, a like a, a plateau of rock that just sticks straight up out of the seas with like sheer cliff faces on the sides and then flattens out to a lush greenery on the top and then a volcano in the middle. Right. I see no problem with this. You see no problem with this. Okay. All right. Well, then no, no problem is had. Everybody's right. on board. Yeah. Chibiusa is riding on the back of this dinosaur. We should probably name him. Oh, we'll, we'll get well, no, to it she, in a second. She names him later. <laughs> okay, you don't want to refer to him by the name yet? Okay. <laughs> and and the dinosaur is being chased by shark, one of which bites one of the dinosaur's flippers, but also gives a little red bruise. Like, it does not <laughs> it does not seem to, to affect it as much as one would expect. It's like a dog when it just kind of like nips you by accident, like it's playing, like just snap and it's done. Can baby's we, just kind of like, ow. Before, I, I want to talk too about how before the dinosaur gets bit, the dinosaur is the happiest fucking dinosaur <laughs> in the world. With shiny anime eyes. Yeah, he's got shiny eyes, he's got a big grin, and then a dinosaur, and then a shark bites him, and then he howls with pain, but also, the, uh, the shark, the, the animation of the shark biting him is just so funny looking. It just kind of swims up and just, just chomps right on in a way that sharks don't do. It, it's amazing. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. 
So, uh, in order to get away from the sharks, Chibiusa turns the Lunapi into a handheld outboard motor. <laughs> and this is one is... of several times Lunapi will... I think she uses Lunapi more in this episode than, like, the whole other part of the season. A lot, this yeah. Is, this lot. is number one. I mean, that is that is shockingly dangerous, for one thing. It's also shockingly effective, because not only yeah, does it propel this dinosaur at, like, <laughs> rocket speeds, it traps the sharks in a giant whirlpool yeah <laughs> nothing about this makes sense like i'm fine with uh i'm fine with this show being a cartoon you know it, it's when it's suddenly looney tunes that it gets a little weird i also like how when she when the luna p seems to decide crap we're going too fast and changes back and then they just the very <laughs> next scene they're very slowly coasting into this nice little inlet yeah, yeah. you guys Ooh. slow down some quick I mean, the Lunapi, there's a lot a of call. there's a lot of weirdness on this Lunapi, though. There really is, because then a moment later, so they get up on the land, and as you said, the, the dinosaur has a bruised fin from where a shark bit it. <laughs> and she turns the Lunapi into a first aid kit, at which point, that's when I really start going, like, hang on, like, the, how does this thing work? Does it, because she's going to take stuff out of the first aid kit and use it, and it's going to stay there, right? Like, what? Like, this is super weird. It's just, can it literally do anything? Like, this thing is amazing. So far, it seems yes. to be able to do anything. Does, it, does she actually bandage okay. its little flipper? Like, do bandages stay there? I, oh, I don't know. Maybe not. She just cleans the wound, I think. I'll have to look. But what, what were you going to say, Chris? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it's, like, the Lunapi is bizarre. Like, the Lunapi is the thing that makes the least sense on this entire show so far. <laughs> That's saying something. Yeah, it really is. Wait, do you I mean, mean like, this episode or you mean this entire series? No, I mean the series. And you're including like, Pension Adams. I am including Pension Adams, yes. <laughs> I'll, look, I'll buy that a werewolf and a Frankenstein and a vampire run a bed and breakfast. That's a, like, <laughs> we talked about that. That's a sitcom pilot, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but this is not a place for a sitcom pilot. <laughs> okay, all right. So this is when uh, she... Oh, yeah, she does bandage his fin, by the way. So so she takes out a bandage from the Lunapi, and it doesn't have to go back in. I, I don't know how it works. It, it, it's like it's like part uh, replicator from Star Trek. I don't know. Well, yeah, because, I mean, she made that, like, sleepy tea. Oh, yeah. Or two, and I assume it didn't just vanish from their intestinal tract <laughs> when it's Lunapi changed back. I mean, okay. That'd be great. On the one hand, this is a piece of weird technology from a thousand years in the future. Yep. So in a world where magic also exists. So it's from magic crystal Tokyo future technology. So that's whatever. On the other hand, it would be nice if there were any rules for how it worked. Nope. It's whatever nope. a child needs. It's limited only by a child's imagination. Oh, brother. <laughs> so All I can say is they better have solved, like, you know, poverty and world <laughs> hunger in the future. I mean, they clearly have. Everyone lives forever. You just throw the family ball up in the air and go, dinner! (laughs) And it goes, all right. (laughs) Until the ball gets bored, and then you're like, ah, and I'm hungry. (laughs) Chibiusa realizes that the the plesiosaur that she has met is just a newborn baby. Uh, So she decides that it needs a name. And the name that she comes up with... Now, uh, Jordan, you watched the subtitled version, Mm -hmm. right? Oh yes. Now is 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 it just called uh, Kieran in the subtitles? Kieran Chan, but yes. Okay. Cute Kieran. Uh, in the new dub, they just use the translation, which is that Chibiusa just names him Giraffe. 
Oh. Which is not, it's not even an accurate translation. And it's, a, it's, I was really surprised this did that. I was like, what are you doing? I thought, I thought Kieran was in fact the word for giraffe, but it is also a word. Uh, and I wrote this down because I thought it was like, I looked it up to be sure. And according to Wikipedia, uh, Kieran is also the word for a mythological creature described as an omen of serenity. And it only appears before people who are destined to become rulers. Oh. So when they so when they changed the name, I was like, no, you lost so much neat little extra there by having it yep. named Kieran. That said, I do like the idea of Chibiusa referring like like Chibiusa naming this dinosaur giraffe. That, does, I think that, I, that makes sense. I'll give you that. It is exactly the thing a five year old would name this thing, and it's it's like uh did either of you ever read uh the the children's book series The Stupids? No. It's so. it's this goofy little you know goofy little picture books for little kids, and one of the 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 only really the only real thing that I remember is that uh, they have a uh, a dog named Cat and a cat named Xylophone, which I still think is one of the funniest jokes. Maybe because I first encountered it when I was two, but I still think that's a great gag. So I love the idea of Chibius has a dinosaur named Giraffe. Oh my gosh, I just realized so, uh, that... Okay, I just got totally confused because I watched the subtitles and I just got to that part in watching it right now as we're redoing it and it says giraffe and I was freaking out and it's because it turns out I'm actually watching the dub muted with subtitles not the sub right now that's why I got super confused because I was like I know it said Kieran why is it saying giraffe now what is happening Uh, did I go crazy and the answer is no I was also a little surprised at that scene where she asked it what its name was first self being like, wait, you're too young Did to have really a name. Did she really ask what its name is? Which means she expected it to be able to tell her. Well, keep in mind that the animals that Chibiusa knows are fully capable of speech. This is true. And she the, has at no point in time... she has met. She's also shown no surprise whatsoever that it is a dinosaur. Maybe they have those in the future. Could have brought them back. Oh, that's true. That's awesome. Let's do it. Okay, there you go. Canon, dinosaurs in the future. I'm assuming it's yeah, the with Jurassic just, you know. Dribble your family ball and throw it up in the air and say become a dinosaur, and then it's a dinosaur for a little bit. We got so excited to know that we could do it, we didn't ask if we should. Jordan. Yes? Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually, the rest of the scouts drive around in their boat long enough that they find Chibiusa, right? Like, can we just skip to that part? (laughs) No, we're only halfway through the episode. First, they have to think that she's dead for a while. (laughs) But, uh, as you mentioned, Ray is using her, her psychicness on to make sure that she can feel Chibiusa is still alive. So nobody's really that worried. Until they encounter a full-sized adult dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) Insert adorable Chibis. (laughs) I also love that there's a scene how calmly Usagi looks into the ocean and just looks back at the others and says, maybe the sharks did eat her. Yep. Like, she doesn't seem that phased. <laughs> just like, wow. Because at this point, the, tea, the, the, the brainwashing tea is starting to wear off. and She's carrying less and less. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the cats are both very seasick right before the, the dinosaur shows up. Yep. The cats are like, we're done with this. Let's go home. So speaking of which, Chibi's like, yeah, everything's great now. Oh, but uh, you, you seem hungry. I'm hungry. What is there to eat around here on this deserted rock shelf outcrop next to an island? And uh, Kieran jumps into the water and scoops out a bunch of fish. Uh, now, 
this is where Chibi goes, well, I guess I got no choice but to eat this fish. Now, I immediately was like, they're going to, like, have her, like, caveman style just eating a fish. <laughs> I thought that, too, when she was holding it. <laughs> she's, like, going to go at it. <laughs> yeah, she's just going to tear into it. No, not the case. No, why would you do that when you have the lunapy <laughs> right. and you can transform it into a fucking propane grill? <laughs> Yes, that is what she ended up doing. In fact, um, she's cooking it so much that they see smoke, right? That's why the, uh, the, the Sailor Scouts see smoke. Although, no, then they say it's volcanic smoke. It's hard to say. Well, they do see, the, I'm pretty sure they see the smoke from the fire. From and, so fire. You, and so you think, oh, wow, they're going to be able to find her. And then they're like, well, the volcano was also smoking. So that must just be volcanic smoke. So it's like a psych out. And they're like, ah, they didn't realize it was her. So Kieran is eating the fish and... Chibi's like, all right, I'll eat the fish that I, yes, that I cooked on my, on my Luna Pea grill. <laughs> Wait, very expertly, you know with her bare hands, she just picks the fish <laughs> up, bare hands. <laughs> yeah, you know what's good is just taking a whole fish and putting it on some fire and then eating it. <laughs> well, guess what, like, Chris? It's delicious. Shows what you know. Did, did the Luna Pea also transform into salt and pepper? Sure. Or a little lemon? A cold glass of water to wash that down? So she's chowing down on it, and apparently, like, her noises of tastiness, is that what makes the cats go, what the hell was that? I no, the, no the, the cats see the giant mother under the boat. No, no, they say they hear something. Yeah, they hear, they hear the giant plesiosaur swimming <laughs> under the boat, Jordan. I don't think so. Because they show it going under the boat, and, that's, and then after that is when they say... No, it's before that. That's what I'm saying. They go, what was that? She goes like, mm, that was so good, yay! And then they go, what was that? And she goes, you're hearing things. And then you see the giant shadow. That would be weird, because they show that they're like really far away, I think. I know. Look, maybe I'm crazy, but <laughs> they definitely... That's the order it goes. Well, maybe um, they're crazy. That's true. They're, it's their seasickness. But you're right, they do... No, well, in the dub, they say, what was that squealing sound? And it's right after Chibiusa laughs. So apparently, yes, they heard Chibiusa <laughs> happily eating fish over the sound of a boat engine yep. from <laughs> several hundred yards away. Yep. All of Which they show that she's, so like, terrible. really deep in the island, too. Like, when you see the smoke come up, like, she's far in a cave in the middle of this island. She's not, like, on the coast. Yeah, oh, yeah, because, again, like, but, but, again, don't forget, like, this island has rock cliffs so it's not like she's on the, the island in, up in the trees they've gone into a cave deep into the island and like then under the island yeah like Check under the like island something. and then in a in a in a place where there's a big hole in the cave so there's you can see the sky but they can't get up to the the plants or anything it's it's really weird maybe it was a really good echo chamber <laughs> yeah that's that's what it was so now chibi uses sleeping there my question is, is this her plan? Is she just like... I live here now. Yeah, this is, this is it. Me and, me and Karen, this is our home. Well, I guess, again, chalk it up to the attention span of an actual five-year-old. You're out playing. You're not really thinking, Yeah. well, I should get home. You're like, no, I'm just going to eat dinner and you know, I've been fed, so I'm good. <laughs> Got to sleep now. Sleeping on a dinosaur. I mean, it's cool, a dinosaur and all. But now she has to go potty, um, starting the, the, the pee theme for episodes... Spoiler alert. <laughs> but before she can pee, so thankfully we don't get subjected to that. Oh, wait, wait. Can we skip back a second? To oh, sure. A couple scenes where we had, um, so the cats are on the boat and they say they hear something. And then the mother dinosaur is under the yacht, um, which is weird because before the 
where they would you show a commercial, they show it coming out of the water. Yeah. Like all teeth gnashing. And then the next time you see the sailor scouts, it's like it's not there anymore. They're all totally calm. Yep. And then it comes out of the water again. Yep. And they're just like, it's a dinosaur. They seem marginally surprised that something came out of the water. And then it's and gone then, again. Yeah. Then the dinosaur, I guess, hears its baby and probably the volcano. Um, and then it swims away. So it's like they saw the dinosaur for the first time twice. Yeah. Or did they just forget the first time? I don't think they no saw it. I don't think they saw it the first time before the commercial. I think just we saw it. It saw oh, them. This is a... she, she came out of the water so dramatically. She had that planned and they didn't even see her. <laughs> yep. I the think speed this is lines a, and the teeth. A terrible and poorly executed episode of this show <gasps> is the problem. What? <laughs> okay, well, you, you save your judgment until we get through this. because You just wait okay, for, wait for okay. the big well, twist that'll there's save some, everything. There's some drama coming. Okay, so the uh, Kieran's mom shows up in the cave, and uh, she used to feel sad because even this dinosaur has a mom. So we get a little bit of mom angst from Chibiusa. Also, Kieran's mom is like, get away from that weird thing. <laughs> and scoops Which up Which is Kieran. usually how Jordan reacts to Chibiusa yes. as well. <laughs> to be fair. They, and Chibiusa treats this, like she acknowledges right away that that's giraffe or Kieran's mother. But then immediately goes to, no, don't take her away. Like, leave, leave my friend alone. I'm like, well, it's her mom. Like, do you do that when they come pick up your friends from preschool? Or friends. No, let them go. <laughs> like is it like it turned into this weird kidnapping scene? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's your mom. Oh my god, she's taking you away. And also, also, well, it's also because little Kieran knows that Chibi is alone now, and also that he kidnapped her and turned her yeah, to, a cave. to a cave, <laughs> and, presumably uh, <laughs> to eat her at some point, based on the teeth we've seen in her mother. <laughs> <laughs> so when the mother tries to take Kieran away, Kieran runs back to be like, "We can't leave this this little thing here." And proceeds to, like, belly flop on top of Chibiusa. Yeah, it, it, like, hugs her. Yeah. He comes in for a hug. Like, this is a very sophisticated animal that's capable of understanding mom angst and abandonment issues and hugs. Unfortunately, so then, it's that exact moment that the volcano chooses to start to erupt. Yeah, because why not? Because <laughs> why would that not happen at this point? And then well, I, I like, think... I like, though, that that's probably, I assume, why the dinosaur mom is like, we're leaving now because our home is about to explode. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. A giant rock almost falls on, on uh, Kieran and Chibi. And in order to move them, mom gets on. I mean, again, you have to remember, if you don't know what a plesiosaur is, it's, it doesn't have hands or arms or even legs. It has a body, <laughs> a neck and flippers. So it gets on top of both of them and then, like, belly pushes them forward slowly out of the way of a giant Which, falling rock. The way, the way it looks, it looks, again, that they just got, like, trapped underneath this giant dinosaur <laughs> stomach. And that is a big dinosaur. Yes, yes. It is pretty ridiculous looking. And I also know that every time they show the, the mother dinosaur's face, I crack up. It looks so stupid. Like, just this... Uh, yeah, because <laughs> on some level they're trying to make it look like a plesiosaur, but on the other level they're trying they they try to cheat the eyes so the eyes can both be forwards, which they would not have been, and things like that to make it look cute. And it definitely looks weird and creepy. It works a little then better in, on the giant anime eye baby one. Then, in what I think is the clearest sign that this was just people screwing around down in the animation studio one day. We get everyone's full transformation sequence, which is a process that takes two full minutes. Yep, I was like, wow, you're not even going to slim them down. It's everybody's transformation. Here we go. 
Yeah, it's, it's like full on. Everybody gets their pen out. Everyone gets their nails done. We see it all, uh, which usually like I feel like that's OK when they're about to go fight Queen Beryl. I do not feel like that's OK just when there's like a like a plesiosaur hanging out, not causing any trouble. OK, I had several issues with this scene. One, it's now nighttime. So they've been searching for her for a long time. Oh, yeah, you know, it was it's, it was nighttime a little bit ago because we saw the movie. Yeah, but we saw it with yeah. The, yeah, but I just mean how long they've been out there. Yeah. It's been a while. Two, they see a volcano exploding and know that transforming is the only solution. Well, don't and, forget, don't forget the, my favorite part of them looking at the volcano exploding is they're looking at a volcano erupting all the smoke and then get a vision of Chibiusa crying in, in, in like the smoke. Like in the volcano? <laughs> and I, I, and my, don't know where she is. Yeah, my, I wrote down, the volcano is really Chibiusa, um, but it turns <laughs> out. They also transform. all transform on the boat. Yes, yeah, on a boat. Which for some reason so I, I think wonder, is hilarious. Is this the first, I couldn't remember, is this the first time we've seen them transform on an object moving that quickly? Yeah, I like think so. Like stationary? So are they like floating but still central to the object that is moving beneath them? Or should, a, Ted, or should when they start spinning in the air, should the boat just keep going? Maybe they had to no, stop in order to do it. I feel like they're just like pirouetting on the uh, on on the deck. On and the also, bow. Sailor Moon's transformation in particular. There's no way they're not all getting hit by each other's transformation. Oh, totally. They thought it was big, but it ain't that big. I would love to see them like in, that that scene where uh, from the the cats episode, the Rhett Butler episode where they're all trying to do their poses in the, that really narrow alleyway. Right. I would love to see that with their transformations. That would be hilarious. That would be amazing. I also wish, cause it's like you see them transform and then all this, and then it's just right back to the boat speeding towards the beach or the rock face, I guess. But you make, I wish you could have seen something like the boat powered up or something, or maybe they animate leap off. It the should boat be a sailor boat. Yeah, <laughs> the like they're sailors a on a on sailor it. boat. They had this was like their one and only real opportunity after the cruise ship episode in season one to be right. sailor scouts on a boat, and I, I felt like it was a wasted opportunity. That they transformed boat, and the boat kept going. That boat needs a, a a tiara on the bow and a giant bow on the on the stern. That is you that some is sparkles fact. at the very least. Like, come on, put some sparkles on it, and then I would have been like, all right, you sailor sped the boat. This makes sense. <laughs> Well, so it, it's also a not a sailboat. It's a, it's like just a yacht. So <laughs> you're still called sailors. I know, but Jordan. I want to see them doing like riggings and stuff. <laughs> that's what that's what would be the best one, where they actually have to know like nautical knowledge. You're right. They should have to know knowledge. That's that's good. Enact nautical knowledge. How about that? So, anyways, they go to the uh, they go to the island. They rescue Chibiusa, and then they fight lava. Using yeah, their attack the usually kill monsters. This is a first, right? This is the first time the Sailor Scouts have ever just taken on nature. Yeah, like, and this volcano like moves this fast, is... too. Yes. Very fast in the volcano. I feel like this is the first time we ever have seen the Scouts' attacks actually affect physical objects that aren't just monsters. Yeah, not because... magical objects, yeah. Because we see, you know, Ray does burning mandala on the lava itself, which you think she, would make things worse. She shoots fire at the fire. Apparently, yeah. as the saying goes, it is very effective. And we see, you know, Jupiter uh, creates a, uh, a trench for the lava to run into. Venus Love Me Chain pulls a giant boulder in the way to stop it. Shine Aqua Illusion is actually extremely effective. Yeah, the one that you would assume they'd start off with, but okay. Yeah. So it's like, I like, th this is for me, hands down, the best part of the episode, 
because I like seeing interesting and innovative new ways for them to use what they can do. But it's it's weird that this is kind of the only time, to my knowledge, unless I'm forgetting about something, it's really the only time that we've seen that. It's the only time I remember, yeah, so far. Yeah, especially Venus, like, just wrapping the chain around a rock and pulling on it. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty practical, okay. Which is, you know, pretty cool. Chibiusa tells them they need to go save uh, Giraffe, which, uh, again... I think it is amazing that she would have said, you have to go save Giraffe, and then Sailor Moon sticks her head in there, and it's a couple of dinosaurs. She's like, we really need to get this kid into a better kindergarten. (laughs) They are not teaching the right stuff. Yeah. But uh, she goes and and sees them, and the rest of the scouts are busy fighting off lava. It's all very dramatic. Yeah. Again, she sees them very calmly. I think she just says, I see them, without any change of facial expression. I'm like, no, you see two dinosaurs... In a cave under an erupting volcano. Like, can you emote a little bit? Like, freak out? You're Usagi. You're seeing dinosaurs. Well, this is my favorite part of the episode, because what happens is the Sailor Scouts, as you said, are stopping this lava. They're, they're barely keeping the lava back from killing them. And they yell out to Usagi, Usagi, you, we got, you got to do whatever you're going to do, because, like, we're, we're, we're holding back the lava. And Usagi, like, thinks about it. And she goes, I know. And then she does the thing she does every episode. She's like, I'm pretty sure this is going to work. It works every other time. <laughs> what are you thinking it's, about? It's super weird, though, <laughs> because everybody else's attack is a thing. You know, it's lightning. It's water. It's fire. It's a chain or, or lasers like Moon Princess Halation. It's Halation. I, I mean, I guess it is like an attack. <laughs> She's not gonna... using moon healing on it, but it's. It always seems very bad guy, evil, aura specific. Yeah, like it. it it's really weird. It blows up rocks. Now we know. And, and the way that they choose to represent it blowing up the rock is a little weird too. And I, I actually love this because we see the you know it, it shoots out the spinning crescent moon and it hits the rock and then it just kind of explodes like a water balloon full of glitter. And, and they're then just, the, rock the dinosaurs cracks. are just standing there staring at them all happy, being like, yeah, yeah. Is it like obviously no, didn't. It didn't blow any stone back towards them, even though they were on the other side of this exploding cave wall. Yeah, yeah it's it's very weird. And but again, like I feel like I'm the weird one for wanting it to make sense now. I still won't forget this episode for nobody freaking out over dinosaurs. Yeah, because nobody does. Just like, oh, dinosaurs, cool. Like I said, Chibiusa, I can forgive that they could have dinosaurs in the future. I can see Usagi bringing back dinosaurs. Oh, here's another but thing about the, else, no. the the saving the dinosaurs though. The di- like you said, the rocks crack, the dinosaurs smile, the dinosaurs jump into the water, and one fraction of a second later, the lava hits where they were. At which point, I was going, and all the scouts are dead now. <laughs> Like but they the all just got survived. They all just so got weird. That this is how the series ends. They all just got yeah. A flood of lava just killed them all. But no, for all some the reason, just get burned to death by lava. It's like really dark and unexpected. And... <laughs> for some reason, it just flows where the dinosaurs were and not where the scouts were. Uh, whatever. Okay. And they sh- wasted another opportunity to have them ride a dinosaur to safety. They oh, and I just up. noticed that uh, Chibiusa says, thank God. That's unusual. They don't usually say that. So the dinosaurs sail off to, or swim off. To where? To, to, to where? Scotland. To Scotland. Because they As say, where are they going? Stopped. Yeah, because one of them even asks. They're like, where do you think they're going? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, 
Which way do you think they go to Scotland? Down around Africa or around the United States or around the around the, the Americas? Well, we see them. We actually see them sailing off uh, towards the sunrise. So I guess they're going east, right? Okay. Yeah. So they're going to go down around uh, South America to get to Scotland. Yeah. That seems like the long way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They could go north. They could take the long route up to the North Pole, you know, go under some ice. They'll get frozen. (laughs) Yeah, wait. Come on. I don't think they can hold their breath that long. Presumably they like the heat. Tropical island. (laughs) And as they go, uh, Chibi has the the advice for for Kieran. Never leave your mommy. Because it's not working out for me. (laughs) Uh, Oh, and then she says, I like fish now. (laughs) By the way. Heads up, Ray. I like fish now. Sorry, I was a picky eater. And that's the end of the episode. What what a heap. It ends with them waving at the dinosaurs as they swim into the sunrise. How Chibi learned to love fish. Now, as we said, uh, this one was never dubbed. Uh, Shocking. Just like the And Ghosts episode. Uh, never made it to America until until now. So there is no official Sailor Moon says, is there, Jordan? There is not. Well, fortunately, we are here to rectify that. So we will start with you, Lisa. What did you learn from this episode? It's time for Sailor Business Says. Well, I learned that travel advisories exist for a reason. And if you know there's going to be a volcano erupting on an island very close to the one you're staying at, you should know in advance. You should probably have an adult if you're 14 years old. And let's see. Dinosaurs are real. Does that count? That's more of a fact. (laughs) I mean, dinosaurs are real. Like... Well, the not now. Not, really not like at, at this exact moment. I'm saying they're fake, but they're certainly. Well, okay. I don't know. Maybe they are on a tropical island. They were put here I've, never, I've never been. They were put here by Wise Man and Queen Beryl to test our faith in in Princess Serenity. Wow. Maybe, maybe they're runaway monsters. are just like I don't want to do this. They left. They were part of Jedi Zoo scheme that never got off the ground. Oh, that sounds pretty good, actually. Uh, Jordan, what did you learn? What did I learn? I learned that you should never leave your mother because you get bit by sharks and you have to eat fish that you don't like. I still have doubts that shark actually wanted to eat them. Like you watch the scene where it bites its flipper and it was more like, come on, got to go see your mom. She's looking for you. Oh, it's like a, it's like Auntie Shark was, was hurrying him home. Yeah, well, like, because the scene where that bites them, is like it slowly comes up next to the and just goes, nip, nip. And then let's go immediately. It's like, no, you had it. Yeah. You had a full flipper in your mouth. If you wanted to rip it off, you could have done it. They should, so, by so all rights, they, were, they should both be dead. So I think they were the sharks were friends with the mother, and the mom was like, "My kid's gone missing. Can you help me look for it?" Oh, all right. Well, that's a really happy ending. Most of the sharks who got shot through some sort of underwater whirlpool, thanks to Chibiusa. I mean, I assume that they just get a little dizzy and then they're fine. They did give up wisely. <laughs> Chris, what did you learn? I learned that what I don't like, I don't do. <laughs> Accurate. And that Makoto can do anything. Oh. Which I already knew. Oh. So I am exhausted from watching this episode. My last note is fucking dinosaurs, and I don't know why I wrote that. I guess because, like we, like we said, it's just ridiculous that there are dinosaurs in this episode, and there's no commentary. There's no, I can't believe we found that dinosaurs are still alive. I know they're very, they're very unusual to be seen. You know what I mean? There's nothing. It's just yeah. Well, they they get so surprised in other episodes over things like you know magical rocks that could grant their love wishes or all this weird <laughs> stuff that they should not be surprised by based on everything they do all the time. And yet dinosaurs show up, and nothing. 
maybe Nada. maybe Amy is the only one who like realizes that it, that it's unusual. Like they're just like, yeah, it's some weird lizard. And she's like, that is a ah, uh, forget it. No, it was just an episode where there was not enough personality. The fact that you bring up Amy, the fact that she did not comment on the species, on why it makes no sense it's here in a tropical environment. Like <laughs> she said nothing. Yeah, no, you're right, Chris. Somebody needs to fix this episode. If you would have told me, Jordan, that we were going to get an episode involving uh, Sailor Moon rescuing the last dinosaurs, I and it was going to be terrible. I would have been like, I would have been like, that that sounds fake. You know, that doesn't sound right. I I have a solution. Ready? Are you ready for it? It's big. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm sitting down. Okay, we need to kickstart having Leanne write a novel of this. That is true, because she did actually write a novel of uh, of the original episode that never made it to air, the the beach and ghosts. She she wrote the novelization of it and everything. So we need we need her to write this episode and fix it, make it work. I think this episode is a perfect segue into the Sailor Moon Power Rangers slash Sentai Warrior crossover we all want. That's what I'm going to say. Wait, but then they're going to kill Kieran and his mother. What? Don't they attack <laughs> monsters? Well, what they're are you cool, talking cool. about? They're cool with dinosaurs. Oh, okay. Dinosaurs. Okay, okay. Jordan, do you not know about how the dinosaurs are the guardian beasts of the Z-Rangers? I don't. I mean, I know I that... I column about that every week, you jerk. You don't read anything I do. I Unbelievable. Don't, I don't... I, I don't... Yeah, I don't read anything you've ever written. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't... I, I know that the original Power Rangers had, like, dinosaur robots. Yes. But I didn't know that dinosaurs actually mattered in a way other than that they're a, a cool shape for robots to be they were they respect us. jj do you want to go ahead and <laughs> jj do you want to take this one jj mason you want to cut yourself in here and uh give jordan a quick lecture sure chris basically their morphers let them summon the power of the dinosaurs to fight the space witches monsters as long as the monsters aren't associated with the space witch they're cool also one of the dinosaurs is a godzilla <laughs> thanks buddy next you're gonna tell me that like voltron is like Lion powered for like a reason. <laughs> I feel like you're very sleepy, Jordan. <laughs> All right, that's it. Like this infinitely skippable. I would say like if I ever once we finish this podcast, it was so skippable. Working. I skipped it. <laughs> Deep if did I, the work for us years ago. Yeah. If, if I ever sit down and want to rewatch all of Sailor Moon again, there is no chance I am watching this episode. <laughs> do, you, do you think someone would want to watch another one if this was their first episode of Sailor Moon? I don't know. I honestly don't know because nothing like this episode no. feels re- like from a storytelling standpoint, it feels lazy. It has very little to do with the ongoing plot, which I don't necessarily mind. You know, I talked way back in season one about how I, I always thought it was weird that shows like Super Sentai and Power Rangers and, and Sailor Moon they're they're nominally superheroes, you know, they're in the superhero genre, but they only ever fight against one thing. Like they only fight one thing at a time. And so getting to see them exist outside of that should be fun and interesting. But this is just like, what is this? It's what is it? It would give you the wrong impression of Sailor Moon. And I don't even mean because of the quality. It's just like you'd be like, what they, they they just go around shooting rocks like I don't get it. I don't I don't know. I feel like it would be it's a poor representation of Sailor Moon and nobody should watch it ever. Yep. There's no personality and you will not see dinosaurs in the rest of the series. But, so disappointment on both ends. But feel free to start a Kickstarter because I'll read the novel when it gets made. I'll contribute to that. Yeah. Like just ugh. 
I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to get back to the Spectre Sisters, to the Black Moon Clan, to the stuff that I actually like about R. Um, okay. Let's let's imagine a world. How about this? Okay. Imagine a world. Oh, my God. Are you ready to cry about what didn't happen in this episode? The world where Rubius goes, sisters, so for some reason I'm sensing that the rabbit is, uh, I don't know, on a tropical island on the beach. And the sisters are like, oh, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> and they all go out and have a beach vacation. And then you can even still enter in the stupid dinosaur and have the, 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 the sisters be freaking out about a dinosaur. Like, this could have been amazing. And, it and then Rubius would have the whole Jumon district to just destroy free. <laughs> Because the only one there is Mamaru to defend it. <laughs> yep, yep. I feel like this episode would have been so much better if it had the Black Moon Clan and not the Scouts than it is <laughs> having the Scouts but not the Black Moon Clan. You, you just, just want to see them on vacation? Yeah, like, if, like, how fun would that be? Because we've talked about how, like, how fun the the dark you know the four kings of heaven and the specter sisters are when they're interacting with each other and how that that gives them a lot of character and it makes you like them it makes you care about what happens to them after they're no longer villains uh in the case of the specter sisters where they don't just die like the like the kings of heaven did yeah uh like how much more fun would it be if they were trying to take over a crystal point on this active volcano that had fucking dinosaurs on it, <laughs> well, and the scouts just did, didn't know that, because that it's not in made, Juban. That would have made one heck of a really weird star shape if one yes. random point was way out on an island. <laughs> like, guys, it's not a star anymore. <laughs> yeah. You've messed up. Uh, no, they should have just destroyed all the other star points. They had a totally free and clear at least one day. Yeah, I think they should have had them. I think they should have had them in this, and... Even like even again, you wouldn't even have to change it that much because you could even do a thing where it's like they don't even bother to actually do anything. They because they're just like they're just taking the opportunity to to take a vacation too, and it just would have been way funny. And then them freaking out at the dinosaur and stuff. It would have been great. That sounds like it would have been something they do too. Like just the total coincidence that they were there. Like that would have I think worked better. It was just coincidence that the sailors and she were there and the sisters at the same time. They'd be like, you're interrupting our vacation. Leave us alone on both ends. Yeah. I think it's about time to wrap up this episode, but there is one thing that I want to do before we, we end. Does anybody out there like Sailor Moon R? <laughs> Me. Like, yeah, what, Me. us? What are you talking about? Yes. And there are some really, like, really good episodes coming up. I promise. There are, but like, I feel like R has been like such a low point it, like entirely with like a few spikes of being really, really fun. Like... You know, the Alan and Ann stuff was a lot more of a slog than I than I expected. And now, like, all the Chibiusa stuff that, like, it fe- maybe it's just because I really, really hated this episode. But it feels like R is never getting out of first gear. Yeah, like, it's because you hated this episode. Every time it starts to get episode. good, it derails itself. It's because you hated this episode. L- last maybe episode so, was Dark Fruits. It was great. You loved it. Dark Fruits was great. Before this, that, is, this is like a whiplash episode because it's bookended by two great episodes. Yeah, but before Dark Fruits was... Uh, was Crystal's shop. You loved it. I did love, I did love Chuggalug Charm Juice. Okay, maybe I'm just feeling down. But if you, if you're <laughs> out there and, and, and R is your favorite, tweet at us at Sailor Business, email us at Sailor uh, Business Podcast at Gmail, and, and let me know, like, remind me the good things about R so that I'll have those as we, as we continue. And, and we'll talk to you, Lisa, about why you like R next week when we get back to uh, another great episode 
But before we let you go, please tell everybody where they can find you online. Uh, well, the best place to find me online, personally, would be on my Twitter account, uh, which is Curiosity, uh, which is Curiosity spelled with a K and with a U, because I'm Canadian and I make spelling hard. And for finding out what I spend all my hours doing, you can go to 7C's website at gomanga.com and see all the books that I work on. Cool. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. You can find the aforementioned J.J. Mason, who edits our podcast for us, at J.J. underscore Mason. And you should check out his other podcast, which I clearly haven't, <laughs> called The Morphin Grid, about the Power Rangers. <laughs> Chris? Yeah, I'm just, giving, uh, I'm just giving Jake a nice little space <laughs> to uh, insert. <laughs> I don't watch the Power Rangers. I think he can even add his own space. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I look at look. I watched the Power Rangers. The only time I ever watched the Power Rangers was at a time when really my brother and sister, who are ten years younger than me, were watching the Power Rangers. I didn't really ever watch it, so I know like I know the names of the original five Power Rangers. I know who Bulk and Skull are. And I know Rita Repulsa, and that, and I know the pattern of a small monster, and then a big monster, and versus a robot, and then a, a, the super robot, and that's all I know. That's all I okay, know. Okay, well, okay. You forgot we'll about the fake sails and putties. Okay. <laughs> oh, I remember putties. I do remember putties. We'll we'll talk off mic. I have some recommendations for you. I'll put together a list. Oh, God. Uh, you can find me at about.me slash Chris Sims. That'll have links, I believe, to my Twitter, my Tumblr, uh, and where you can buy my comics on Comixology. Uh, if you're listening to this, which I hope you are, you're obviously <laughs> – right now, uh, the X-Men 92 paperback is out in stores, I hey! believe. Should be out this week. I co-wrote that with uh, my writing partner, Chad Bowers. Jordan was the editor on it. Uh, It collects the entire miniseries from Secret Wars and uh, is very, very fun. Uh, Please check that out. And it comes back as an ongoing series on March 30th. So please uh, check those out. I also have a podcast called War Rocket Ajax that you can give a listen to if you want to hear me talking about comic books and interviewing some really cool people. Also... Find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business and email us anything Sailor Moon related, any fun stuff that you want to talk to us about, any questions you have for us to answer on the show, sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what's good about R. Send me a list. (laughs) We will be back next week, back on track with Protect Chibiusa, Clash of the Ten Warriors. And until then, keep your mind on Sailor Business. have a great episode every day because folks every day no that's not right (laughs) you've gone mad is what happened (laughs) i'm trying to hold it together